You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. And by the way, Happy New Year once again. I'm with my co-host, Matt Shiles. Matt, welcome. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Happy New Year. It's uh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. I mean, now, we have had one episode already. It was for the very first Part of the year as we rolled out some of the things that we're we're anticipating in 2023, but this is the first podcast where we're diving into a message from the previous weekend. I'm excited for a uh, a full year of of digging deeper and growing. So let's get started. Um, so this is a a sermon called. A God bod. Yeah, my my family did not like that title. They gave me they gave me <laughs> flack for that title, and I'm like, but you won't forget it. You won't forget it. I mean, it, it, it's 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 a weird name, or maybe it's a cheesy name. Yeah, maybe both. But you won't forget it. God bod. Yeah, because something like a, a a godly body, you know. Yeah, that's too too plain. Godly body. Yeah. Yeah. So God bod. That's what I would yeah. choose. Well, because I, I was, I was going off the whole dad bod, you know? Yeah. So instead of dad bod, God bod. So anyways. You won't forget it. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so this was January 7th and 8th, and we were in First Timothy 4, uh, 1 through 16. So the main point to have a God bod will, requ- will, cr- will require training more than trying. And uh, the entire sermon, the whole outline was focused on this idea of training. So we would – training requires a purpose. That's the why. Training keeps in mind a person. That's the who. Training needs a plan. That's the what. And training measures progress. That's the how. So let's start by talking about – you spent some time at the beginning talking about New Year's resolutions – for 2023, exercise more, eat healthier, lose weight, save more money, spend more time with family and friends. Yep, I think I'm, I'm good with all of those. <laughs> I think those are the the reoccurring New Year's resolutions every single year. Maybe there's a difference in the percentage. Who knows? But I'm like, those are the. It's like the same five. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, but it was a website that said, "Here, here's here's the top five for 2023." I'm like, well, I've, I've read those for like the last several years. I I know when you were talking about that, I was I was thinking, was that from last year? Oh no, yeah, that's this year. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and just a, a note, so Joe Curtis wanted me to let you know that he can confirm. So with John Tardonia, yep. Pastor John. He can confirm that having chickens is cheaper than uh, buying them at the store. So, <laughs> so with Joni and I, we were actually talking about that. We were like, I wonder if our HOA would let us have chickens and we can put them in our our area where the pool is. But we're like, man, eh, probably really be messy. And then somebody said that you you can't just have one; you need multiple. You need multiple. Yeah, so yeah, and it it depends on the the city ordinance. It also depends on the HOA. Yeah. So we'll we'll just have to buy them from John and Joe. You should. Yeah. You should. So let's dig right in. We want to spend a little bit of time talking about each of those four uh, training requires: purpose, person, plan, 
and progress. So we'll start with the、uh, the first one of training requires a purpose, and that's the why.、Um, that's to be godly, to be like God. That's that's training becomes your life, and I think it's really helpful for us to think about it that way. Anything that we are training for,、um, we don't just do it on the side, but it just becomes more than just a habit. It、yeah. just becomes part of our daily routines and rhythms, and and part of our our life. And and you talked about really the the implication of why that is important. You said if if training for a godly body fails, then it can lead to other failures. Yep,、uh, worldliness for one. So has worldliness benefited you? I think that's a great question to ask. Yeah. I mean, and that was something that you know. As I'm thinking through the why, you know, what what's the flip side, right? What you, you know, and so years ago, I used to watch The Biggest Loser,、mm-hmm. and it was always interesting. The very first episode, they would interview them and go, "Why are you here?"、Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, they wanted to be healthy, but many of them went to the flip side. Like, if I continue to stay、yeah. doing what I w- am doing, then I wouldn't be here for my kids. I wouldn't be here. Well, you know, for my spouse, like I have a shelf life that is shorter, and so if you think about what worldliness does, particularly even from a relational standpoint, if if you continue to allow allow worldliness to come into your life, it does begin to affect other relationships, and so worldliness. Brings about an unhealthiness, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's with your children, whether it's how you view vocation, how you view what people would call the others, people that don't look like you, talk like you, think like you, like, and so it, it just does not lead anywhere good. I mean, and the reason why we know that from Scripture is because worldliness is what happened with Adam and Eve. Like, you know, we'll do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. We'll be in charge. God, you're not in charge. Like, and so all of those, we'll be proud. As opposed to humble, well, all of those things, and so we we know that worldliness, which is the antithesis of godliness, really leads nowhere good. And so now you got to go back to godliness. So so I, I pose this to the students last night: is why would why would you even want to be like God? And, and and we know that the person of Jesus, if we're going to be more like Jesus, ultimately we're going to be more like God because he was the God Man. So so why would you want to be like Jesus? And, and so here's a list that we we all created at at the student gathering last night that that he is Creator. That he is King, he is Savior, Redeemer, he is the God Man who makes all things possible, and he actually gives us what it truly means to be fully human, because he was the God Man. He is Counselor, he is Warrior, he wants to fight for you. He is Intercessor, so he's sitting at the right hand of God, praying for you. He is perfect. So you take all of these things that speak to who Jesus is, but they really become the why you would want to be godly. I mean, so when you go to Him and when you become more like Him, then you are tapping into the very nature and person. He is, and so why wouldn't we want to tap into who God is? Because as He shapes us and forms us, it's going to affect all of our other spheres. 
our relationships. That's why when I look at the idea of being godly and how being godly has affected my my my, my relationships, again you know, with like Joni and my kids, godliness has never hurt me with Joni. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Godly says worldliness sure has. Worldliness almost left my butt on the couch a couple of times. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, yeah. and then my kids. I mean, I look back, you know, reacting in anger, yeah. disciplining them in anger years ago. Like, no, oh, no. I mean, listen, that hurt me. Yeah. But but me being patient and kind and yes, ex- ex- exuding this kind of truth and grace and disciplining them, but disciplining them out of love, not anger. It does not hurt me with them. Mm-hmm. So so that's where I'm like, you got to have that why if you're going to train to be godly. Mm. Yeah, and every sphere of life is improved. Every sphere. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that that's something that if you just think about it, every sphere, even your work. Mm-hmm. is going to be improved because now you're thinking about how you can become more godly. Like even in some of the Apostle Paul's letters, he talks about those who work for masters, even servants, slaves that work for masters. And and he would say that, hey, you need to work as if you're working unto the Lord. So, so now your work isn't contingent upon your master mm-hmm. and how they treat you or what they do. Your work and the quality of your work is contingent upon who he is. Mm-hmm. And so think that, that godliness is as actually benefiting them because they're not putting their mind and focusing their mind on something that's going to hinder their work. They're mm-hmm. they're focusing their mind on something that would allow their work to flourish even in unpleasant circumstances. Mm. And when we talk about you know wanting to change, it reminds me of uh, a quote that Dave Ramsey yeah. always talks about, you've got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You, have to, you have to get to that point. Yeah. It can't be somebody else. That wants it for you. Yeah. And doesn't he say something to the effect of, too, if you want to live like no one else, you got to live like no one else? Yeah. Something to that effect. That's it. And so, like, if you want to be debt-free, which most people aren't, then you got to be willing to do what most people aren't willing to do. So, so, yeah. And and that is the—and, again, one of the things that I feel like this message did is, yes, I'm— Obviously, unpacking First Timothy four, but this is an outline that you can actually apply to any area of your life. I mean, whether you wanted to be healthier, whether you wanted to yeah. lose weight, whether you wanted to be a better, better husband, like I mean, like all of those things. And so, I think yeah, the why is paramount. Like if you don't have a why that can sustain the the what, then you you need to go back and recheck why. Amen. A fun fact, you might or might not know this. Uh, I met my wife, Kaylee, during a Financial Peace University. Oh, did you really? Okay. All right. Right, Nice. Right here in room 4205. (laughs) Right down the hall. Right down the hall. Anytime I do uh, a tour of Northland, I make sure to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's one of the benefits of being a tour guide. You get to decide what's on the tour. Yeah, there you go. And you you can point out that exact place. That's where I met my wife. That's it. Okay, so this next point, training keeps in mind a person. Um, and you really went through, um, you know, different sports figures that that impacted you. Yeah. And I could really relate. So um, so Muggsy Bogues, <laughs> have you seen the picture of him and Yao Ming together? Mm. I'll have to show you. So Yao Ming is 7'6". Yeah. <laughs> and Muggsy Bogues is 5'3". And it – 
It looks photoshopped. It doesn't look yeah. real, but it's remarkable that they were both in the NBA. So years ago when we were living right outside of Atlanta, we went out to eat right after a church service. And at this restaurant, Dikembe Mutombo was there. Wow. And I, 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 I never really do this, but – but I actually went up to him and said, can I get a picture? Oh. And now, again, this is before smartphones. And so I don't even know where the picture is, but I stood beside Dikembe Mutombo, and it was it was funny just <laughs> how short. I mean, I came up to his waist. That was it. His waist. I mean, you need it, to find that. Oh, my gosh. It was funny. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing in the NBA against him, I couldn't imagine. So Muggsy, oh, that's a feat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. But but I thought that was a good picture for us because um, in order to uh, to train right, we have to have a model, and that's the, the who. Um, and you said when Jesus becomes our standard, it will lead to us asking many questions, and you gave us five to ask. Yep. Um, so for me, this was very practical. It's, it's what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus love and what would Jesus give? Um, and I appreciated that in, in other parts of the sermon because you gave a lot to us. But at the beginning of this this year where we're really trying to um, – so much of us are sick and tired of being sick and tired in different aspects of yeah. life that it's like, okay, give me something practical that I can use to work on. Right. So if nothing else, these five questions we can use right, to ask ourselves – um, are we are we focusing on uh, the right thing, right? Are we focusing on Jesus by asking these questions? Yeah, and again, training is repetitive. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I remember once again, I know one one of these days you're going to get tired of hearing me talk about Iron Man, but it's just so fresh and it's something that it was a huge accomplishment, but yeah. I, I did the same thing. I just increased sometimes my time. I increased my intensity, mm-hmm. but it was the same thing. Like when I go to the gym right now, like a goal that I actually do have this year is I want my lower body to get stronger so that I can actually pedal faster mm-hmm. for when I do my triathlons. And so it's it's literally going to the gym, doing the same thing. And as I do the same thing, I might increase. And obviously the progression is I'm going to increase the weight. I'm going to get stronger, but it's it's repetitive. So these five questions, I mean, it's just repetitive. Is like, what would Jesus do? Yeah, all that respond, say, love, give. But there's something I want to go a little bit deeper on because I want to make sure people understand this. Because when I say be like Jesus, I don't really know what comes to people's mind. Now, I know what comes to my mind, mm-hmm. be like Jesus. And I think these five questions, I would hope as you ask those, it will lead you on a journey to figure out what he would do. I mean, so that's the reason for the five questions. But l- let me help us all out. Sure. Because when I talk about being like Jesus, what 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 I'm not saying, and this is, you know, uh, I'm not saying go to church more. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying pray more. I'm not saying read your Bible more. Now, again, when people hear that, they might think, oh, my gosh, like you're telling me not to read the Bible. No, I'm not telling you not to read the Bible. I'm not telling you not go, you know, to go to church. I'm not telling you not to pray, but that's not necessarily what I mean by being more like Jesus. So yes, you do got to go to the scriptures to see what being more like Jesus is all about. And so I, I created a list. Okay. 
If you really want to know what I mean by be like Jesus or what we should be doing to to pursue Jesus as we have the who in mind, think about Jesus. What He was humble, so he thought more about others than he did himself. He served the least of these, and he met needs. So those who no one was engaging, he engaged. If he saw a need, he met a need. Now, yes, one of the things that I learned about uh, Jesus from the book, The Tyranny of the Urgent, there were a lot of needs he left on planet Earth when he ascended back into heaven. So he didn't meet every need. Mm. But if he saw a need, he met a need. Mm. He brought healing Mm -hmm. to people Mm -hmm. who were hurting and who were in need of healing. And so, again, if you're going to be like Jesus, guess what you're going to do? You're going to serve others. You're going to actually even look for the least of these, mm-hmm. the most vulnerable. And you're like, how can I help them? If you have a coworker that you see that they have a need, you're going to actually try to figure out, how can I even meet that need? Do I have the capacity to meet that need? Why would you do that? Because Jesus would. He spoke out against religious leaders who who prevented people from seeing God, who prov- who prevented perverted the scriptures. Mm. So he did he did speak out to those who perverted the scriptures. So if you want to be like Jesus when someone is perverting the scriptures on on Facebook and they're your friends, then you, you I mean you're going you're you're going to hold you're going to speak out against them. Hey, listen, Jesus wouldn't do that. Um he called people to a higher standard. He would say, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But what what I say is don't look lustfully at another person. So don't look lustfully at that woman because when you look lustfully at that woman, you have committed adultery in your heart. So he raised the standards. So if you want to be like Jesus, go ahead and raise the standards. You're not just trying to do enough to get by. You're not just trying to do enough to you know to be a good husband. You're actually going to go above and beyond to be a great husband. Why? Because Jesus raises the standards. Um, he called his followers to love and unity. And so that's, again, when it comes to the church, when it comes to other believers, you're going to fight for the unity. So when you see people putting your church, uh, throwing your church under the, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, um, I say, under the the rug, or you, you know, uh, bad-mouthing your church, bad-mouthing other people, like you're going to say, no, 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 we're going to fight for unity. God wants us to fight for unity. Uh, He spent time with God in prayer. So he fellowshiped with God. He carved out space Mm -hmm. to actually spend time communing with the Father. Father, what do you want from me? Uh, And so so he's setting that example for us. He gave his life so that others might have it. So how am I giving my life, giving my time, my talents, my treasures to actually enhance the life of others? So if I'm going to pursue Jesus, if I'm going to be more godly, I'm going to find out ways to do that. His greatest focus in life was to love God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And his second was to love his neighbor as himself. Those are the two greatest commandments. And so again, those are those are things that we're going to keep in mind as we pursue Jesus. Uh, and then he never retaliated. Mm. He never retaliated. Mm. And so when people wronged him, he didn't seek a way to wrong them back. Mm. He loved his enemies. He actually blessed those who persecuted him. Mm. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so, again, when when I say uh, Jesus is our who, that we're going to be pursuing Jesus, because if we pursue Jesus, we'll become like God, this is what I'm talking about. Mm. So, yes, read the word, pray, go to church. And, and while those are things that are helpful, those things actually help us point to these things of who Jesus 
Jesus is and who we actually are striving to become like. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so great because as we as we ask those questions, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? Those don't um, those aren't just easy, simple questions. Like you said, they should they should dig us deeper into um, really being challenged by how he lived. So this is a this is a great list that you laid out for us, and, and that's why you know I, I try to give the example of, of diving into the ocean mm-hmm. because again, without any equipment, if you dove into the ocean and you went, uh, you know, the deeper you you go, the more pressure and weight that's on you. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why I feel like sometimes, you know, believers use just Bible reading, church attendance, mm-hmm. you know, I, I gave, you know, I gave something to the church. They, they, they use that as their marker of spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not really the marker of spiritual maturity. Again, I, I'm not saying that those things are bad, but those are swimming on the surface of the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you want to go deeper, the way that you, you know that you're going deeper is that you're being crushed, you, you feel the pressure and the weight of who Jesus is crashing down on your life and forming and shaping you more into mm. who he is. Mm. And so if you really want to know if you're going deeper and you're becoming more like Jesus and you're maturing in your faith, you are actually going to be feeling the weight and the pressure of who he is on your life to be more like him. And so so that's where I, I feel like we have to keep that in mind as that's the marker of spiritual maturity, looking more like Jesus, not just doing the acts. Yeah. Um, so is something being shaped, you know? So I want to talk a bit about um, some of the the heresy you you mentioned the heresy that um, that Paul was pointing out, and then also heresy of today. And you had you had talked about it in a couple different ways, but but one of the ways you said a problem I'm seeing developed. Many want to receive the love of Jesus, but they don't want to receive the life of Jesus. Then you said taking a truth about Jesus and twisting it. They were really twisting it into. A heresy. So, um, can you talk a, more about those those heresies that um, that either they were dealing with then that idea of avoiding marriage and avoiding certain foods, and and some heresies that we're dealing with now? Because I don't think we can talk about those enough. Yeah. So I was thinking about this idea of heresy. How can I even explain it in a even more practical way, and maybe not even a biblical way? Um, so I just started playing pickleball. Okay, and it's actually a very fun yeah. game. I bought pickleball paddles and balls for the Laxton family, and so we actually have started playing quite a bit. Okay. So imagine I go to play pickleball with people who know how to play pickleball. They've been playing for years, and they are really good at pickleball. So imagine I come onto the pickleball court, and I start playing, but I don't, I don't play according to the rules. And so I, I serve, and they hit it back. And so without letting the ball bounce, I hit it, I hit it back in the air. And they go, no, you, you can't do that. You got to let it bounce. You, you have to let it bounce if, if you're receiving the return. And so that, that, that's a rule. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is how we're going to start playing it now. Mm. And then what if I said to them, you know what? I'm going to get in the kitchen. So if you don't know anything what I'm saying, just re, you know, just research pickleball because it's a very fun sport. But so the kitchen is the 
place in you know in front of the net. And so imagine if I tell them, you know what, I'm going to stay in the kitchen and I'm going to slam it because in pickleball, if you're in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. you cannot slam the ball. You got to if you're in the kitchen, you got to let it bounce and then you can return it, but you can't slam it. All right. But what if I say, you know what, I I don't care how how it has been organized as a sport. I'm going to I'm making this rule myself. Well, then I no longer am playing pickleball. Now, I sure I, I, I can play that. And I can play it however I want to, mm. but it is a heresy to say that that is pickleball. Mm. And see what what was happening here, and what was and what even happens today is you, what they're saying. What people are saying is like, you know what? Uh, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to tell you what I think. Mm. And so, and some of it, and again, I'm playing, you know, I'm on a pickleball court. I have a pickleball paddle. I have a pickleball ball, but I'm not playing pickleball. And because if I'm not following the rules, if I'm not following what is clear, what what the person who designed pickleball to be, if I'm not doing it according to the design, I'm not playing pickleball. Yeah. So what there what what was happening here is when they were saying, hey, if you really want to be godly, if you really want to be spiritual mature, avoid marriage altogether. Well, they're redesigning the rules. God never said that. Hmm. And if they're saying you need to observe, you, you need to avoid certain foods. Well, Jesus declared all foods clean. Now, yes, there was a thing in the Old Testament where there were some dietary laws that the Jews observed. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of be distinct. But when Jesus came on the scene, he did away with the dietary laws and he actually did away with some of the, uh, well, did away with the ceremonial uh, mm-hmm. laws. And so, and now he's saying, if you want to be clean, this is how you are clean. And so again, they're trying to twist some things and going, no, you need to do this. And, and no, no, no. That, 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 is, that is redesigning what the Christian life is all about. And so what Paul is actually doing here in 1 Timothy 4 is he's once again saying, this is what the Christian life is all about. Hmm. These are actually the rules of the Christian life. This is how you play the game, if you want to use that terminology, the Christian life, Hmm. is that you are seeking to be more like Jesus. The only way that you can do that is giving your life to him, focusing on him, Hmm. as the author of Hebrews would say, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so today, yeah, there there are heresies today where people would say, you know what, we just need to we just need to just receive the love of Jesus. We just need to love everybody, and you, we we don't need to tell them that they need to be a certain way or they need to do a certain thing. Well, no, hang on. If you receive the love of Jesus, you're actually receiving the life of Jesus. And so again, if you receive the life of Jesus and the love of Jesus, that's transformational. And if that's transformational, we need to understand, well, what, what's the transformation that occurs? Well, we know it. And again, it's that portrait that I just laid out. It is holiness. It is looking more like Jesus. It is abstaining from certain things that God has not uh, deemed necessary, well, I say whether it's necessary or deemed holy in our life. And so, so that, that, those are the things that we need to make sure that we understand the word mm. so that we understand what God has called us to. Yeah, and that that's so important because if if I come along, I've never played pickleball, right? And if I come along and you teach me those new rules, but I don't know that they're not right. Now I'm playing pickleball, but the pickleball according to Josh, yeah, and yeah. it's the uh, it's the tainted version. It, yeah, yeah, and and that's where if we you know living in our in our culture today, if we don't 
if we don't keep the scripture as as the center, yeah. and when I say even the scripture as the center, all, that also means keeping Jesus as the center. That's yeah. one of the things I love about John one is that Jesus is the Logos; He is the Word of God. And so, by keeping Jesus and, and the Word center, we'll make sure that we're playing the right game. But if we start dis- discarding things of scripture that that we don't like, that that actually uh, make us uncomfortable. But again, that's where I go back to training. Training is uncomfortable. Mm. Like if you do training right, you will be uncomfortable. You will find yourself sometimes out of breath. You will find yourself when if you're if you're lifting weights and you're pumping iron at on rep 10, 11, 12, it's going to be this pain uh, that that you feel this this tiredness that you feel. But you got to work through that. I mean, that's what Jesus wants from us. Like we are we are being conformed into His image, and so therefore there there is this this weight and this pressure. There is this intensity that is shaping us. Yeah. And so let, let training do its work. Yes. So bib- biblical literacy for us is imperative. It was vital. It's vital. We, we no longer live in a uh, – and I think it was a, a bit of a, a false um, security. We no longer live in a, a Christendom of a fully Christian nation where we can just assume that there are um, – Laws and rules and everything that are being governed by the word of of God. Well, and that, do you bring up so and that there there lies another. I would say heresy. Okay, let's just you know, let's just say for argument's sake, it is a Christian nation. Let's just, for argument's sake. Now, I believe that we are founded upon Judeo Christian values, yep. but for argument's sake, let's just say it's a Christian nation. What we do not see in Scripture. In, in the Old Testament and the New Testament is God's people acting as this triumphant people that are spreading Christianity by force. Right. So even in the Old Testament, mm. the Jewish people, God gave them a certain land. Mm. Now, that certain land was to be set aside mm. as holy and separate where his people lived, but they weren't out conquering other nations outside the boundaries of Israel. So when it came, you know, when it comes to the New Testament, uh, Jesus has not told his followers to to go to all lands, forcing those lands and those governments to be Christian. But he has he has commanded us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations not to transform nations into christian nations. So so again, even if we said we were we there in lies this portion where what the bible tells us is we are not to force people mm. to be christian. So so you you bring yeah. up a good point that again, but you need to know the bible and, so that you know that. And that's why I think this uh, you know the what America is going through and this realization of us you know, seemingly moving away from a lot of these Christian ideals, it's painful, but I think it's helpful because um, we, we can no longer have this false sense of security. And, and now it's becoming more apparent that biblical literacy is imperative. It always has been imperative, yeah. but I think it's becoming more obvious 
And when the church is less literate, it's becoming more obvious. And so let me just go back to this. Let's go a little bit even deeper because I, I want to make sure that, you know, people listening to this, you know, they, they, don't, they don't miss what I'm saying too. So we know our culture is moving towards a more secular, progressive society. Mm-hmm. For me, that is not – it is concerning, but it's not concerning as the people of God because I ultimately know that if you're going to move this way, there's going to be a deterioration of morals. There's going to be a deterioration of values. Uh, there's going to be more conflict. I mean because if you can't agree on a set of just common values yeah. – that is actually that that is going to hurt any nation. Uh, just study the Roman Empire. I've you know I was binge watching a lot of things on the Roman Empire. So when values started to change, mm. and they couldn't come up with these certain common core values as an empire, it began to erode the empire. Hmm. And so so again, I, but I, it doesn't concern me as the people of God because think about the training that we're talking about. If the church trains to be like Jesus, we will be a counterculture. To the larger culture, we truly will be salt and light. So as the culture gets more obese, Mm. as the culture gets unhealthier, unhealthier relationally, unhealthier sexually, unhealthier vocationally, because they have this warped sense of I can just do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. I get freedom and I can just be my best version. Listen, we know what the Bible teaches about that. It leads nowhere good. Mm. But again, on the other hand, if you have the church of the Lord Jesus Christ founded upon who he is and good, solid doctrine that shapes and forms us into the character of God, we stand distinct. Mm. And so when the culture becomes unhealthy, which that's one of the reasons why the Roman Empire looked to Christianity because the Roman Empire was crumbling, and so they saw they, they they saw Christianity as this force to be reckoned with because it was bringing healing uh, to these cities. It it was taking care of poor. It was taking care of the vulnerable. It was adopting children. It was elevating women. They were running to the city when plagues were hitting, and so so the emperor sees what 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 the church has done for decades, even in the face of persecution. And says, you know what? We'll go tap them and let them unify the empire. Mm. I mean, so now again, I, you know, I say this quite often, but that's that's the day that the church died when you institutionalize something that was always meant to be a movement. And so, but but the whole point of it is, is that the deteriorating Roman Empire actually saw the healthy church. And so that's why a healthy church should not be concerned with an unhealthy culture. Mm. An unhealthy church will always be concerned with an unhealthy culture. Mm. So because we we know we believe in the sovereignty of God. We believe in what God's doing. So there's, there's got to be a reason why he's letting this happen. And so what we're going to do is focus on our training. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't be sidetracked. That's why, you know, you go back to the eight things that can derail a church. Distraction. When you start making the minor things major and the major things minor. No, yeah. we're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to focus on the mission and let him do his work in our nation and in our culture. Yeah, this is a, a great discussion. And I want to make sure we get to... Uh, you talking about the the podcast you me- you mentioned, but we we've only gotten through two of those those parts. So what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of a part one and a part two. So um, we will pick this up. We're gonna we're gonna finish off talking about 
Um, training needs a plan, and training measures progress next week um, with some other questions about First Timothy that I think will be helpful for us. Um, but to kind of wrap up this episode, um, you had you had talked about, um, hey, I have some some podcasts that I listen to that help me in my training. Um, go ahead and, and ask me if you like those. So I'm doing just that. Um, I'm asking you, maybe our listeners can can listen in. And um, and so w- what are you listening to? What might be helpful for me and the listeners? Yeah. So I listen to Tim Keller uh, quite frequently. And so Gospel and Life podcast. That is his podcast that uh, has sermons of his. And then also, I, you know, anything that Tim Keller writes or any conference that he has been at or any, any any talk he's given, I've tried to put my hands on it because he is a man who loves Jesus, who thinks deeply about the Word of God and how it intersects culture. So that's one. And he's very well read. He it, reads, reads voraciously. Yeah. So you know that his um, his viewpoint is uh, is broad and deep. Yeah. yeah. Another one is the briefing with Al, Al Moeller or Albert Moeller. Uh, I don't agree with everything that he says, so I want to make sure that I'm clear, but the majority of things that he said, because what he's doing in that particular podcast is he's taking cultural elements that are happening all throughout the world, yeah. and he's helping believers understand how to think about those from a Christian and biblical world view. Yeah. Another podcast that I listen to is the Summit Church, J.D. Greer. I listen to what he says. Uh, he's about... Ten yeah, oh yeah, almost ten years older than me. So I, I like listening to people that are a little bit older uh, than me, and, and that. Uh, and is that his sermon podcast? That's his sermon podcast, and he also has one that is "Ask Me Anything." Ask me anything, and so that's a, a pretty cool podcast because he'll field questions and he'll spend ten, twelve, fifteen minutes answering that question or questions about uh, anything that his his um, congregation has. Great. And then uh, just, you know, kind of two more podcasts that I, I have is I, I do listen to some leadership podcasts like the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast I listen to and the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast because I do want to grow as a leader. And these men, I, I would say uh, – at least help me think through leadership from a from a biblical uh, per perspective, and so those are definitely just some podcasts that I listen to. But other ones that I would say that I listen to is Alistair Begg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I'm always smarter when I listen to him, not just from the from the way he preaches, but his accent. I think it's a Scottish accent, and so. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, you, you know, I, I'm not insecure about my southern accent, but he definitely, uh, he definitely got, at least from my perspective, has me beat on an accent. So, you, so you would recommend um, any of these podcasts for us who are looking to um, develop our um, our spiritual depth, our theological base, um, our foundation. Um, something that certainly never takes the place of biblical reading, right, but um, enhances it, um, strengthens it, and gives us um, 
gives us different perspectives. So yeah, and and one that, and one more that I would say is it's a it's a website that has articles on a lot of different things, and they're short articles, and that's Ligonier Ministries. Uh, we, uh, when I say we, the governing elders and a couple of staff, we've met with these leaders at Ligonier Ministry. Right, right here in Sanford, and they have an extensive online database of topics, doctrines, yeah. and very solid. And so, I would definitely recommend that website, Ligonier Ministries. In my schooling, I have come across that many times and have used that as a resource. So, uh, yeah, this is a great conversation. This is the end. Um, we'll end here with with part one. We'll pick it up next week and continue the conversation on uh, on training. To have a God bod will require training more than trying. So this is certainly a, a conversation that um, that deserves a little bit more time to uh, talk about. Well, thanks so much, Matt, for leading us through this. Northland family and friends, we love you. We are grateful to God for you, and we look forward to you tuning in next week. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.